0: Welcome to the Farm Bits Podcast, a product of Nebraska Extension Digital Agriculture. I'm Jackson Stancil.
1: And I'm Samantha Teaton,
0: And we come to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture.
1: Through interviews and panels with experts, producers, and innovators from all sectors of digital technology, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology.
0: Welcome back to the Farm Bits podcast for the fourth and final episode in the Digitizing Farm Management series.
1: Before we get started on today's content, we wanted to let you know about the upcoming Nebraska on-farm research meetings at the end of February. Join extension educators and producers to look at the results of over 100 farm trials this year.
0: For dates of the meetings and registration information, please check out the website for the Nebraska on-farm research network that is listed in the podcast description.
1: And now for this episode of the Farm Bits podcast, we welcome Sam Schwab, an implementation specialist with Cropzilla Software.
0: Cropzilla Software, which is based out of Dublin, Ohio, offers software platforms for desktop and mobile devices that enable the collection of farm data and allow farmers to analyze the cost of their operational and production practices and decisions on their bottom line.
1: The idea behind Cropzilla grew out of its founder's need to move beyond spreadsheets in order to answer important questions about his farming operation.
0: As you'll learn from Sam, Cropzilla has provided visibility into an often overlooked but nevertheless important aspect of per acre profitability, which is the cost of operational practices and machinery investments.
1: So let's jump right in and learn more about how Cropzilla is digitizing farm operation decisions with Sam Schwab.
2: Yeah, so first of all, thank you guys for having me on here today. Um, So my background is I actually grew up on a small family farm in northern Ohio, and uh, we're we're mostly focused on specialty crops. And so when I say small, I mean, you know, small. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we grow everything. Uh, Strawberries is our main thing, but we grow everything from uh, asparagus, pumpkins, rhubarb. We... Have attempted red raspberries um, <laughs> and starting blueberries this year. Uh, that's that's kind of uh, kind of my thing that I've been driving. So um, I'm still actively involved in that uh, as well. Cool. So awesome. um, then I went to uh, University of Cincinnati um, and then moved up to Columbus to be closer to the farm and uh, came across Cropzilla uh, through their website actually, and uh, that's how I initially found out about them too. So uh, my farm, we never really went to farm shows or anything like that since we are so small, but uh, we do, <laughs> I did come across some online. So that's how I got involved with Cropzilla. Um, and then I can go into a little more background on that as well and just kind of run into uh, sure. what Cropzilla is, if that works. Sure. It ties yeah. into it. Uh, because it was funny when I went in, I met with Brian Watkins, the, one of the founders and the CEO of Cropzilla. And he was showing me the enterprise software that we have. It's, it was a desktop based um, software. It is a desktop based software. And I couldn't believe that anybody farmed without it after, after (laughs) he went through it, it was like, so all in in my whole history of farming, we just had, you know, boxes and drawers of papers and we got them out sometimes during tax season. (laughs) Um, And this, this kind of just like opened my mind up to a whole, a whole different level of farming. And uh, what CropZilla, the enterprise desktop version, is we built a complete model of your farm. So it, it involved your fields. We put in your actual field boundaries on there. So um, and we ran a field efficiency calculator on there to figure out, you know, what what is the optimal path across the field? What is your optimal equipment width on this field? Does all of that for your fields. Uh, you put in your actual equipment. Um, your even your employees, yourself included, if uh, if you're out running equipment. Um, so all of it is tailored specifically to your farm. And then what you did is entering this information, you actually plan out every path that's going to happen on a field, and it makes it an, it's an excellent budgeting and um, planning tool like that. But then the really cool thing is once you have this uh, model built, you can actually start swapping things in and out to see how it affects your operations. So you can look at, uh, I've had tons of different, we call them scenarios and it's, uh, you know, our main thing is swapping out equipment. So sprayers, combines, implements like headers, planters, things like that, changing sizes, changing speeds, just about everything you can think of (laughs) under the sun. Um, There's other ones that I've I've gone through with people where they are looking at adding different crops, going organic, picking up new land, um, seeing what they can afford to pay in rent uh, on land that they're looking at picking up. So uh, changing practices, cover crops, strip tilling. Um, I I could go, the list goes on, (laughs) but you get the idea. Just about everything under the sun on that one. So uh, that's kind of in a really quick nutshell, what the uh, um, Cropzilla enterprise um, planning tool is. Um, one thing that that led to is, you know, this is all user entered. It was a lot of work on the user. You know, they had to go through, they, they could send us the fields and things like that, but they still had to go through, put in all their equipment, you even put in your inputs, your seeds, chemicals, things like that. So it makes it an excellent, you know, planning tool, but there's also A lot, a lot of other companies out there that do field by field planning and field by field level profitability. So, Cropzilla did offer that, but our strong point was the scenario um, or decision modeling, and so uh, the strongest point on that that we had was our equipment modeling. So, you know, equipment ranges, equipment costs range from, you know, any, about $60 an acre to over $200 an acre, depending on, you know, how far away the field is, what equipment you're using, what uh, crop is on it. So there's a big range of equipment costs that people really don't have a good handle on. Mm -hmm. And uh, with Cropzilla, you know, we got a really good handle on that, but it was all user entered. So we were dependent on the grower for things like, you know, how fast can you go across the field, you know, how much <laughs> idle time is there, you know, and everything in the model was pretty much, you know, the optimal speed, they always put in their optimal speed there, there was no wasted time, basically. Mm-hmm. And so we figured, we found out that the missing thing was what was actually happening in the field, you know, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, you can have a model, but that hardly ever reflects what actually happens in the field. And so uh, we actually took what the, what's called uh, telemetry, and, you know, there's some John Deere OEM manufacturers that have this on their equipment, but it just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of a, you know, they can watch where their stuff is or um, get some data from that. But what we took the and we took this telemetry data and applied it to our cost model to get exactly, you know, how long you spent in the field, um, how, how how much t- the speed you went, how much idle time there was, your field efficiency based on your path across the field. Um, and we even can capture things like uh, you know travel to and from fields. Anytime the key is on, we are tracking that data. And we can apply a cost to it. So you went a mile per hour slower than what uh, you thought. What's that cost <laughs> on that? Uh, you You took a less efficient path across the field or you had to go around a waterway or something like that. How much did that cost? Um, you had five hours of idle time while your guys were eating lunch at the shop there. (laughs) How much does that cost? Mm -hmm. So, um, that is, we actually took our model and applied this in-field data. And that's how we ended up with Cropzilla Machine Analytics, which is our app that, you know, can be run on, can be still used on the desktop. Um, it, we optimized it for iPads since that's kind of like every farmer's carrying around an iPad now (laughs) And, and it can be used on a phone, but it's a little cramped. So that's our, that's our current offering is the uh, uh, Cropzilla machine analytics. And uh, yeah, that's, we can also do scenarios on that based on what actually happened in the field rather than just the model.
0: So is that, is that kind of relying on a partnership with another company to provide some of those telemetry services there from the tractor cab to y'all service, or is it like plugging in an iPad to the
2: monitor there and the cab, or how are y'all getting that data? So currently we are working with, we have an API through um, John Deere and so we can capture their um, telematics data that they're actually using themselves. Uh, We also have some uh, agreements with third-party telemetry providers which uh, is actually kind of nice because you can plug them into literally anything. So we've got them, Mm -hmm. you can plug them right into tractors. Uh, you can plug them into pickup trucks, grain hauling trucks and get costs for travel on those kind of things. We have a API with farm mobile. Um, and they're one of the third party providers for telematics. Um, the other one that we have currently is razor, uh, tracking technologies. And then, um, We're working on a couple other ones as well. So, I mean, we want to be able to use just about anything, especially if people are already using them in, say, like, uh, Mm semi-trucks. And we want to be able to use that so they don't have to be going out and buying more equipment. So um, the big thing is trying to get more and more um, telematics providers in our system. Um, And so that is nice that we can do the third party And then we're actually in process of developing our own where it is using an iPad location. And so it'll just be another app that they click on when they, um, get into the tractor and they turn the iPad on and, uh, can use that. So that's, that's, that one's in process. So we we had a harvest series and we were talking about how important
0: logistics is to farmers. And it seems like it's, it's really an area that hasn't been touched very well. And I think that, you know, getting an idea of what those logistics costs are and, you know, how far they're driving to a certain elevator versus another one is going to be a big part of what y'all are doing.
2: Yeah. And that's the cool part about uh, the telematics is it's not just tracking the traveling on the road. It's tracking, when they're filling up the grain bin, when they're sitting in line at the uh, elevator or the processor, you know, we can actually, uh, we have a whole uh, report that breaks down that cost into a cost per bushel and a cost per mile. So they can actually hmm. see like, you know, the, the farther away one might be paying an additional five cents a bushel, but is it worth it if we have to drive the extra, and then you have to sit there for extra time because there's more people going there. Um, that, so they can make those kind of uh, grain marketing decisions almost. So
0: so so what are some of the challenges that you've run into in terms of trying to interpret data from different manufacturers? I know this is one thing that we talk about a lot in our group is like, we want everything to be colorblind on the data side, right? So like all your red tractors are, are the same as your green tractors. So, I mean, how are y'all able to interpret all this data and, and kind of mesh
2: it into your analytics
0: platform and, and have things work the right way?
2: Yeah. So the, it is a process getting any new telemetry provider up and running, um, with Cropzilla and uh, we have an API directly to John Deere that allows us to capture that data. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a hassle trying to um, interpret that data, but uh, you know, once you get it set up, then it's pretty much uh, uh, off and running. Um, One of the biggest things is getting accurate data. So we've had um, telemetry providers who, where there's connection, connection issues, it's difficult to set up, um, because we're just on the on the software side. So we're kind of dependent on, you know, third parties or OEMs running this kind of stuff. And some of them didn't collect everything we needed. (laughs) Um, But I mean, once you actually, it was basically once you got one OEM, now we have the process for that. And now that we've got uh, a couple of third parties, we've been through that uh, whole thing and so it's actually going to be a little easier for us to continually add additional uh, third-party users but there is definitely a development uh, issue with getting started with interpreting that data so
1: so is most of it through the telematics or some of it by like directly getting the can data with the can ports in some of the machinery
2: so the nice thing with these uh, uh, third-party devices is they don't really need to plug into the can they really only need switch power so they you know, fuses battery, anything that it can be connected to. Um, We can even plug them into just the auxiliary power ports that are in John Deere tractors or case tractors or things like that. Um, What we got from the can was fuel use. So with our model we can actually use horsepower or um, fuel economy on trucks in that case To And then also combined with all the telemetry data, how fast they were going, um, how long they were idling, to get a pretty accurate estimate on it. But um, we found that fuel use is actually one of the smaller portions of total equipment Mm -hmm. costs because Mm -hmm. not only do you have, you know, depreciation on equipment, you've got um, a lot of repairs, insurance on that. And we found that fuel costs, oh, and labor. So that's another one that's larger than fuel costs. Uh, we found that fuel costs are actually a pretty small percentage of what the cost in the field is and so even if we're estimating it it's going to be even closer it's not like we're completely forgetting about it but uh, we we thought that that was a fair trade to go with you know ease of installation versus uh, having canned data all the time so it's like you know it might be 12 cents an acre and we're estimating 11 cents or 13 or something like that so it's pretty we're pretty close even with our estimates on that. So sure.
1: So thinking about some of these scenarios, I think it sounds like really the bread and butter of it is the machinery side. Is that correct? So can you kind of go into that a little bit? Like how much other parameters does the grower have to put in? Do they have to know like those labor costs or, um, some of that stuff, or can you just kind of describe some of those scenarios?
2: Yeah. So, um, there is still some inputs uh, for the uh, user, but again, this isn't this isn't something that you would need to do in the cab every time you turn the tractor on or something like this. This can all be done on the back end, or you know somebody in the office running this. Somebody can be in charge of it and they're doing it. So there is a little bit of setup. The nice thing is with a with the John Deere API is we can automatically pull in the um, equipment and we can pull in their fields and things like that without having to do user entry. Otherwise there is still, if they're using third-party devices, you know, they don't have the equipment in there. So they can still put that in, but once you have it in there, you're done for the year, basically, unless you get something (laughs) new. So it's not, it's not like you're in there every week adding equipment or changing equipment. Um, And then kind of going into the, the scenarios on that is uh, again, since we knew that our uh, equipment costing was our strong point with Cropzilla um, desktop, we took that and that's why we have, Uh, Crabzilla machine analytics and um, a big thing with the scenario is um, cost versus capacity so if you're running old broken down equipment that's breaking down in the planting season you know that that might be cheaper but in the long run you're losing out on bushels you might get uh, you know just last year in Ohio I don't know about uh, your guys' areas but we had record uh, prevent plant acres Hmm. Um, and so just people just couldn't get it planted it was too wet and, you know, you're going to get even less planted if you have uh, equipment that's breaking down. <laughs> right. So the big thing is managing your cost versus your capacity. And uh, that's what we're trying to do with uh, these scenarios is, you know, uh, a, a new piece of equipment, um, a good a good example might be adding tracks to a piece of equipment. You know, that's going to be expensive. You know, it's let's say it's, uh, I don't know, $10,000 more expensive a year. But actually, when you break it down over per acre, that might come out to be, you know, two or three dollars an acre and if you break that down even further that's about you know a bushel of corn so is that is a bushel of corn doable so we still rely a little bit on farmer intuition for these but we can give them the tools that they need to be to make sure is this cost effective so if they could if they can cover it by uh, uh again increases in yield or increases in timeliness or um you know if they go from three machines to two machines they might make it up with Uh, labor savings, things like that, you know, we can give them the numbers, but they still need to take that and use that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And
0: it's it's similar to the things that we've heard, you know, on kind of like the management zone side on more of the agronomics that, that the farmer intuition has to really play a huge part in this. And so I guess one question I have is, is how exactly was farmers input incorporated into how you design the software and, and how you kind of present that data to them? Because uh, I imagine that's a, a huge focus for what Cropzilla does.
2: The, the biggest input is switching from the enterprise level to the app because uh, the inputs were a big issue with a lot of farmers, you know, going out and planning through every field if they, if they were doing, especially if they're doing that somewhere else already, a lot of farmers already have something that they're already putting that into. Um, that's why we, when we went to CZMA, uh, mm-hmm. the Cropzilla Machine Analytics, there's so many less inputs, you know, we, we streamlined it, you can get it set up in about 15 minutes rather than, mm-hmm. you know, three days. So that was one of the biggest things. I mean, when, when the enterprise desktop version was initially started it was corn, soybeans and wheat were the only crops it could handle and it couldn't even handle baling straw after wheat. So <laughs> we've, and now it's to the point where you could run just about any crop through there and then make it work. Um, even ones that aren't planted every year, if you're looking at like alfalfa or something like that, you can pretty sure. much run through any row crop and, have it give you the answers that you need. Um, but then, yeah, when we went to CZMA, it was all about streamlining it, making it as easy as possible. I would try and gather everything automatically that we can. Um, but yeah, that was the biggest thing is, is the input time. And then obviously, we, we also ask, you know, what do farmers want to see is in the reporting? And so a lot of our reporting is based on feedback that we've gotten, and we continually are updating it and adding to it.
0: Does Cropzilla have the option and its functionality to kind of build an entire um, economic analysis of every acre? So like including all input costs, um, you know, obviously machinery costs, labor costs, like every different facet. Is it capable of completely economically modeling your farm or is it mostly um, kind of concerned with looking at the margins? Like what are those differences, you know, for certain pieces of your operation you would still have to integrate with other um, I guess data or, or other programs in order to get those, you know, input related costs mm-hmm. for each year.
2: So our enterprise software can actually will actually go all the way down to field level profitability. So you, you know, you're going through, you're putting in your inputs. You know, what seed, fertilizer, chemicals you're putting on, um, putting in. You can put in yields, things like that. Um, it every aspect can be put in there, um, and Go down to a you know total economic model mm-hmm. can even we even account for things like you know cost of drying grain or um, and trucking and things along those lines so it's we tried to make that as accurate as possible, but again it was a lot of a lot of inputs and especially if sure. somebody already has that information somewhere else and they're having to put it in maybe twice um, with the with Krebsville Machine Analytics, uh, obviously in the name there, we're just focused on the machinery aspect Mm -hmm. of it. So um, that is strictly getting a cost and making equipment decisions on there.
1: Um, A lot of this has been talked on like the costs and we're getting a really great number on the costs. How much of this are you guys trying to avoid the forecasting part of it? So like, you know, if you can't put in yield, but are we putting in yield goals to then try to figure out what it will be next year. Cause that can get a little bit dangerous, but it's also a lot of value. It's very valuable as well. So.
2: Yeah. The nice thing <laughs> is about uh Krupsilla is you can, you can change anything in there as, as so kind of an as if model. So you wanted, you want to see how, what your bottom line is with uh, you know, higher, higher soybean price or lower corn price or anything like that. You can just plug it in, look at your bottom line, and then change it back. So it's, (laughs) it's actually very easy to do those type of, uh, analysis. Yeah. And it seems like, it seems like the whole
0: paradigm is just to give farmers a platform to test things. I mean, it's like, it's literally like a virtual simulation for their, you know, farm financials.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that is the nice thing about having it specific to their farm. It's not, they're not just putting in, you know, and putting it on an average farm, they're putting it on their actual farm setup.
0: So I'm sure that there were growers out there who are kind of trying to do this on spreadsheets for for years <laughs> and and you know trying to build their own model. But here comes a software that that has taken all those spreadsheets and kind of consolidated it down to one. It's kind yeah. of what I'm getting.
2: I didn't uh I didn't really go into that um story, but uh, Brian Watkins, the founder, his story, his background on why he created Cropzilla is that very reason is he had his spreadsheets, and you know, you could change one thing in there, but it doesn't always flow through like you know, if you're using a tractor more on planting how does it if you use the same one for grain cart how does it affect your cost on grain cart things like that where it's not all connected you don't even think about how how everything's interconnected on a farm and so he didn't have the tools that he needed because he's a farmer as well in kenton ohio here he didn't have the tools he needed to make those decisions so i mean yeah spreadsheets can be (laughs) you know good. And they're still some of the best, uh, I think Excel is one of the best, uh, programs ever created, uh, <laughs> sure. but still having that interconnectivity where you don't think about how one change might affect another part of your operation. And so that, that is literally the background of Propzilla is he didn't have what he needed to make decisions. So build it. <laughs> That's right.
1: <Yeah. laughs> what decision-making processes has, does Digitization most revolutionized, and how so? So I think you already really hit on like it's providing a value, and then the farmer can then make some decisions based upon that. But it's putting some numbers to it. Can you maybe go into that, or what do you really think has been revolutionized?
2: Yeah, and I, you kind of summed it up there <laughs> okay. really well. Um, it, as I mentioned, you know, giving the farmer that number, and then they can decide if it makes sense. To them or not um is a, is a is a huge one making these costs visible because farmers don't really know you know they they might uh, uh an extra fungicide pass might say it'll get you an extra i don't know five bushel an acre or something like that but maybe they're not taking into account what you're using to apply it with or or um Your costs associated with putting it on, uh, because you got to pay for the machine, equipment, fuel, labor, all, all of those things, they might just be, well, it's, this is X number of dollars per acre, and you'll make this much more, but they're not taking into account all those other things. So making these costs visible is the first step in, you know, being able to make decisions with them.
1: I think that's a great way how you describe that because we do a lot of like on-farm research and we think about like sometimes we just think about the direct return of the partial profit, but we don't think about the whole farm picture and what that can influence. So I think that's awesome. And then like building on that, can they put on-farm research results into this to do some comparisons or inform your models?
2: So they, they can um, definitely with uh, PrepZilla, the enterprise software. So we still have people using that, you know, actively using that. Um, and hopefully we're hoping in the future to be able to bring those two together. Um, the things that we found most interesting are people who get um, demo equipment. You know, they have hmm. um, dealers come out to their fields with a new combine or a new plan or something like that, some sort of tillage tool. And we can actually still track those versus what they actually own already to give them an idea of, you know, would it make sense to go with this or should we keep what we currently have? So there are some on-farm trials like that, that we can actually track and again, put a cost on and use it to compare to their current setup.
1: That's That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess one question I have, you know, in this whole machinery realm, it seems like machinery value is a really important piece of the puzzle. Um, So, how how exactly is CropZilla going about getting those machinery value numbers? Is is this like kind of like crowdsourced information? Is this you know specific to your local market or, or maybe your location and where that value is? Is it relying on what the farmer is putting in there for maybe what they may purchase a new machine for? Just could you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah, so we actually, we, I mean, we always rely on the farmer for a lot of this stuff because this is their model. It's not it's not ours. They can personalize it mm-hmm. to however they want. Um, but in the past, you know, when we're setting them up. Either they have a depreciation schedule that they use, um, and we can use that. Uh, There's appraisal websites. Uh, In the past, we've used um, online appraisal websites that use past sales as uh, um, sources of data. And then we've actually gotten to the point where we've had quite a bit of equipment go through that we've seen, and we can actually use that either, and especially if they had just recently bought something new, they already basically know the value on that. Uh, piece of equipment, Um, and then you know going to the other side of when they're thinking of actually making trades or lease decisions or something along those lines, the dealer is giving them a price not only for you know the new piece of equipment, but usually a trade-in value on the old piece of equipment. So when you're looking at scenarios, you're using actual numbers that the dealer is giving you. So that's that's probably the best way to get it because you Mm -hmm. know you actually have an offer on the table for those things. So. That's kind of just how we get those values um again there's other numbers that go in you know repair numbers we we have a, a database of repair numbers but um we often rely on farmers because uh we don't really know what equipment is going to be on a uh <laughs> if they just say some combine you know is it is it tracks is it tires is 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 this planner have precision equipment on it does it have uh you know all kinds of, there's a lot of variance between even the same model
0: sure And so uh, you kind of alluded to this a little bit. Um, How much is CropZilla using aggregated data, not only for like machinery decisions, but also other sorts of decision support, or are they even using it at all? And I think this may lead us down like a data privacy and (laughs) and data usage conversation here, but you know, I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on that.
2: So um, aggregated data, um, the the biggest source there is going to be values. And we use just kind of things that we've collected, but, we never tell people like our data privacy is number one, basically Um, the farmer owns all their data. We don't give it to anybody else. Um, Even if, just to put it in perspective, if somebody bought Cropzilla, the farmers have to sign off again to allow whoever purchases Cropzilla to uh, um, use that data. So Hmm. they're protected even if, some if Cropzilla goes somewhere or like gets sold or something like that, they're protected. We tried to make it on all levels because that is yeah. a huge, a huge deal um, with farmers. So uh,
1: since we have brought up the data privacy part, just a quick question. Uh so your two different like the enterprise and then the app correct? Am I distinguishing this correctly? Is there any differences there where like the enterprise is that on the grower's desktop and they're the only ones who can see it? Or can you guys still access that if they need help or something like that? And do you have more access to the app? Is there any differences there?
2: Um, Not not really. The app, the only difference is multiple people can be logged in at the same time with the enterprise software. It is saved to the cloud. um, Mm -hmm. And so you can have it on multiple desktops and all have access to it Um, you know, if you're at the farm or at the house or something like that, um, but you can only, only one person can be editing it at a time. Um, but with the app, you can have multiple people using it at the same time, as long as you're not changing the same data, which you really won't run into very often. (laughs) So, um, we have the same, you know, privacy agreements with, between both of them. So, um, there's no difference there really.
1: Okay. Okay. Do you have any specific stories of maybe when you were helping a farmer or with your own experience that's really stood out to you of like this really helped a farmer make a decision that would have not been possible otherwise? I know that's like really putting you on the spot. I, I've
2: but. got a I've got a funny one and <laughs> a, a real one, so uh, I'll tell the funny one first because it's shorter. But uh, with we this was when we first started the uh, telemetry is uh, one of our growers needed a map of his where he drove that day because one of his neighbors said he ran over his mailbox. (laughs) So we (laughs) (laughs) built a map of where he went and he took it over to his neighbor and said, I didn't even drive past your mailbox this day, so it wouldn't have been me. So (laughs) real-time example of it. Um, But uh, I've got a a couple of them. One dealing with equipment um, scenarios is, you know, we had somebody who was looking at purchasing some more land that came up for sale and he wanted to free up some funds, and you know, with combines, you know how expensive they are. They were running three different, or three combines. Hmm. So they actually were looking at leasing two combines at, with larger capacity versus the three uh, machines to free up all of that, um, you know, capital that's tied up in your in your equipment to purchase this land. And so. There was tons of moving parts in this one. You know, there was labor changes because they only needed two operators. There was equipment changes because they were looking at the lease. Um, there was land changes because they were looking at picking up more land and how it would affect the bottom line. So um, that one was a very interesting one because I had no idea how it was going to turn out at the beginning of that uh, when when he was telling me about it. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a very interesting one um, just to look at. And, you know, we've had other small ones like, you know, just, changing, um, planter size, header size, um, boom width on a, on a sprayer. Um, so we've had quite, a, quite a, quite a selection of different scenarios.
1: Anything for blueberry farms? <laughs>
2: uh, n- not yet, but you know, <laughs> okay. after maybe after maybe this year, after I plant mine, <laughs> we'll see.
0: There you go. So now that you have kind of the CZMA figured out and, and are, you know, moving in that direction, have something out there on the market. What other uh, evolutions do you see in the future of Cropzilla? Um, and and what other problems are you going to try to tackle here in the, in the coming years?
2: Yeah. So like, like I mentioned, you know, the reason we went to CZMA is because that was our, that was where we were really strong and we saw that we were the only ones doing that accurate machine costing using telemetry and uh, helping with decision uh, support. There's a lot of other ones out there doing things like uh, labor management, inventory management, farm planning, that kind of thing. Um, and so with with CZMA, we really wanted to dial that in. The next step for us is not only when you're running scenarios right now, we only have the ability in CZMA to change like values. So you're trading a tractor for another tractor of the same size, combines, same thing like that next step for us is we want to be able to use your data that you actually collected in the field and look at, okay, if we have a 40-foot planter, what would it look like with a 60-foot planter? Or if we were go- running at you know, four miles an hour, what would happen if we got a high-speed planter and we're going at seven? Um, so that's our next big step is changing the parameters of what you did in the field to see how it would affect your bottom line. So that's our, that's our big next step. Um, again, we can do that in Cropzilla enterprise right now, but again, that's just the model numbers. We want to figure out a way to use the actual numbers that happened in the field to uh, let you know how that would affect your, uh, affect your operation.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. You got the pieces there. It'll be interesting as you put it together. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, one thing that I just wanted to, um, Kind of mentioned again with Cropzilla, you know, and thinking just for anybody who's thinking about equipment changes, this doesn't have to be, you know, with Crepzilla related. The big thing is that cost versus capacity issue. You know, you might, you can spend all kinds of money and get planning done in a day or two, but then, you know, that, that's going to be way more expensive than you're ever going to see in a return. And again, I had mentioned the example of running old busted equipment where you might, you know, miss out on planting half your acres in a wet season. So that is a big, a big thing to think about on any operation. And again, this could be for anybody, not just Cropzilla users.
1: Um, so if anyone is interested in Cropzilla and wants to learn more or try it out on themselves, how would you suggest they get started?
2: Highly recommend going to uh, cropzilla.com. And on there, we have all of our uh, contact information. And actually, if you fill it out, you'll probably get me or you'll get, <laughs> or you'll get right to Brian. So um, that it's, We'll we'll get back to you. And then, you know, if you want to follow along with what we're doing, there's a, a newsletter sign up on that um site as well. And we're somewhat active on Twitter when I have spare time. <laughs> 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 that sounds about
0: like our uh, our situation here at the Farm Bits Podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're so busy creating the content, it's like, okay, well, we still gotta get this out there.
0: So, <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, exactly. So uh, you kind of gave a little bit of uh of advice, you know, as far as how people can you know go about improving their their operations, but do you have any just more general a- advice in terms of operational efficiency or, or improving profit on on their farm from your experience there working at, at Cropzilla?
2: So kind of going going back to that, um a lot of farmers have you know they they have their fertilizer their seed all of that down to literally the penny uh per unit on that <laughs> and so trying to get a handle on your equipment cost is a big part of that um but a, a big thing with that is you know new equipment isn't always more expensive because like I mentioned you know you can get it back with yield increases with timeliness increases um you know and You can't just completely replace the farmer intuition with a, with a software. So um, I don't know if that's, that's really advice, but (laughs) new equipment isn't always a bad uh, choice for those who are, you know, trying to watch their equipment um, costs.
0: No, I think that's great. And uh, and I think mm-hmm. it's one of those things that often gets overlooked. You know, I think we usually see the big number, but as you mentioned earlier, we don't always really see it in terms of the dollars per acre and, and kind of get yeah. it in the same units as, as we measure everything else. So
2: yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. And as I mentioned with, you know, benchmarking, it's all get it down to that cost per acre and you can compare that to anyone else and get a, get a good handle on it there. It takes all of the emotion out of it, I guess. So. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: It was great talking about machinery and decision-making values in Cropzilla with Sam Schwab. My favorite part of this episode is thinking about how some of those small aspects of making large farming decisions are often overlooked. Things such as labor, if you can now spend less time in the field or fuel efficiency, and how Cropzilla can help you feel better about those decisions you're making.
0: Yeah, I think those are all great aspects about what Sam talked about today. Um, And many of our speakers have also alluded to this, but he also talked about how data management and calculations were so manual and bulky before some of these digital platforms like Cropzilla uh, came about. You know, it was always lots of notepads or spreadsheets that growers were trying to use to get to these answers, but digital technology has provided tools that make the data collection and recording and then decision-making that goes into those processes a lot easier. Um, And really with Cropzilla, I just really like the concept of giving farmers kind of flexible platform that allows them to model a lot of different decisions and just make better decisions that will benefit their bottom line. And So that flexibility is a really underrated aspect, I think, of of software in general today.
1: Yeah, those are great points. So thanks for joining us today as we took a look at the economic side of machinery and how to make better decisions on your farm using digital technology.
0: Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week.
1: We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can also be found in the show notes.
0: We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond.
1: The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.
0: We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.